Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So today is episode 194 of the jimmystable.com podcast entitled, I want to move to another country after the election. 2024 election season is getting underway. It looks like it's going to be a rematch between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, assuming that there's not some sort of act of God or some sort of political upheaval or some sort of unpredictable political event that would knock either of them out of contention. Um, But it looks like, for the most part, uh, the die has been cast and 2024 is going to be a re-election of either Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And of course, things like this get people nervous. And you hear it every political season. I've heard it every political season that I've been alive in this world and I am 41 going on 42 years old so I've been alive for a little bit and every political season you always hear certain actors or celebrities or important political figures or CEOs or some sort of other outspoken type of individual who has a little bit of swagger associated with their name come out and say Well, if so-and-so gets elected, I'm going to leave America and go to another country. I'm going to leave America and I'm going to go to Switzerland. Or I'm going to leave America and I'm going to go to Canada. Or I'm going to leave America and I'm going to go to Australia. Or, you know, a number of other, mostly Western countries. And people say this because they feel in their hearts that... If somehow so-and-so just gets elected that this country is going to be completely unbearable, that they won't be able to live here, that somehow maybe they'll either be persecuted or life as we know it will just come to an end and -and so-and-so is just going to be a tyrant or a terrible person and get America into a lot of trouble, Uh, a lot of people are going to die or, you know, whatever the worst case scenario, they ultimately envision that would compel them to feel such fear over the the future of the country that they just feel like they just can't live here anymore and this is not a country that they'd want to participate in. So it's not uncommon to hear these things. Interestingly enough, very few to almost none of the major people who end up saying this uh, actually leave America for another country except to maybe go on a fancy vacation. Uh, But none of them actually ever or seldom ever take up permanent residence somewhere else Because at the end of the day, it seems like no matter who gets elected, America, what a country. And that's kind of the the essence of what it is. They may not be happy about America, but when they really get down to thinking hard about all the other places that they have to live, and ultimately where they have the most connections to, at the end of the day, America ends up usually being a uh, pretty swell place to live for the most part. But I always find such comments interesting because even though I think some people just say such because they're kind of publicity hounds and they just want a little bit of attention and they want to feel like they're protesting or they want to feel like 
they're somehow staying relevant and somehow getting in the public eye. They may such say things like that just to kind of, you know, stir up some sort of feelings about them and get a little bit of fandom behind them, uh, even if it maybe isolates some of the people that might be their fans. Uh, they look at it as ultimately a net positive somehow. But I think apart from some sort of duplicitous reason as to why they might be saying such things, at the end of the day, I think such a sentiment, such a dreadful sentiment, uh, ultimately echoes the voices of a lot of people throughout the years. And it, it kind of touches a nerve with where, what a lot of people are thinking and a lot of people are feeling. And even though people say such things, they ultimately may half-heartedly ultimately mean their actual words. I still think those words kind of expose this underlying existential angst that's kind of taken up a place in the souls of a lot of people that ultimately expresses a uh, deep dissatisfaction with our present world order or whatever the future may hold. And for reasons such as that, people just feel the need to say, well, if so-and-so gets elected, it's all going to hell in a handbasket and I got to leave. Um, and it's interesting that people, I think, feel this way because I think it shows how much politics matters to some people and the level of happiness that they feel in their lives. Not that politics doesn't matter. Uh, politics certainly does matter. Politics can be a matter of life and death sometimes, depending on uh, what your political affiliation may be and um, the political powers and what they plan to accomplish uh, in the coming years if they get elected. But usually speaking, at least in this country, you know, whoever gets elected tends not to, you know, move the dial too much from year to year. That, not to say that there haven't been some political radicals and people who've definitely changed uh, the course of a nation because of their political leanings. There certain have, certainly have been that sort of things. But for the most part, when most politicians get elected, generally speaking, life goes on. And most people don't notice too much of a difference in their lives on a daily basis or a yearly basis depending on who gets elected at any given time. Yet, people get increasingly bent out of shape over politics. People have their entire political and religious identities formed because of politics. And politics ends up taking something that just constantly sits on a throne in their heart and in their mind, and the, the constant... Weighing of the balances just is making them think, well, if I don't get enough of Republicans or if I don't get enough Democrats elected or if uh, Joe Biden's administration takes over or if Donald Trump's administration takes over, then everything's just going to go really, really bad. And that's not to say things might not go bad. I, I think people definitely, you know, have a legitimate place to feel concern about who gets elected, why they get elected, what they plan on accomplishing with their administration, um, and the particular policies they're concerned about. Politics does matter. But I think it ends up not mattering to most people on a daily basis because, frankly, most of the decisions that are made in Washington end up doing nothing more than creating gridlock uh, with systems 
And, you know, those systems are very slow at moving. Change is very slow at moving. And, you know, to some degree, we can kind of applaud our founders in America for making such a gridlock-based system that makes it difficult to accomplish anything substantial and sweeping and changing. You can't just elect somebody and then snap their fingers and all of a sudden change the world. Or, you know, without much difficulty in doing so, even though they might. But I think all this is interesting because it shows how deeply concerned people are ultimately about politics. Because they imagine that if so-and-so gets elected, then this world just going to hell and a handbasket. And they believe this particular individual, groups of individuals, you know, ultimately have a lot more power than they actually do. Um, and it deeply concerns them because their hearts are so fixated on the outcome of political elections and their world ultimately revolves around it. And I think it shows that in our heart of hearts and humanity, there's this kind of longing for utopia, you know, longing for this perfect idyllic world or, you know, maybe something a little short of it. And people just don't feel that unless they get a certain political leader or form of government in place, that if they don't get their way when it comes to this sort of stuff, if they don't get their utopia or something just short of it, they become disheartened. They become sour. They become bitter. They become hopeless when it comes to living out their lives because their lives are intimately connected to ultimately who has power in Washington because who has power in Washington ultimately ends up being something that determines who has power over their hearts. And, you know, it's funny though, because even when they get what they want, you know, even when their political party wins in power and gets the House, gets the Senate, gets, gets uh, the Supreme Court, gets the presidency... Even when all the political stars seem to be aligned, at the end of the day, the people that they end up electing don't make them very happy. And they end up being ultimately disappointed um, and disheartened about their political leaders because just for whatever reason, their political leaders just didn't seem to accomplish what their political leaders said they were going to accomplish. Um, and by the time that term of administration is over, whether it's in the White House or Congress or the Senate or whatever, you know, they ultimately kind of be like, oh, you know, I voted for this guy, but he didn't quite do what he said he was going to do. And he's a real disappointment. So even though they ended up getting all that they wanted politically, it still shows that they still didn't quite get all they wanted politically or anything close to it. And they get to the point where, like you have right now, where even though President Joe Biden won the last election pretty decisively, um, and he received the lion's share of his party's favor, he's got quite a, when you look at the stats, he's got like only like a 35% favorability rating amongst his own party. You know, so it, it's interesting to see that like, Joe Biden was looked at as going to be the savior of, of the United States, savior of the political process and party, and he's going to defeat Trump and, and blah, 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 and all these things. And then at the end of the day, he gets elected, and by the end of his first four years in office, people are just like, man, I can't believe we're having to vote for this loser again. <laughs> you just can't win with some people. People just aren't happy. They're not happy unless they're getting their utopia or something short of it. And even when you get something short of it, they're just still 
not satisfied. And I believe this ultimately speaks to the condition of our heart that as human beings, as individuals, it's as if we're always hungry for something more. And even kind of the American philosophy that, you know, America is this country where we're always striving for a more perfect union. It seems about like no matter how much progress we make, uh, no matter how many political advances we make, no matter how much better the country ends up being, we're still always striving for this more perfect place and never arriving quite at that perfection. And while I like the American spirit and the, the philosophy undergirding this country and what it's ultimately about, how like there's this, we're always striving for a more perfect union. We're always trying to bring about some sort of political reform and to somehow make this world a more just, a more sane, a more peaceful place. At the end of the day, we're always striving for something more than what we have. And while that can be good, and don't get me wrong, I like the idea. It still shows that we ultimately have a fulfillment problem because we want to have these desires fulfilled. We hunger for something more. And yet we're always coming up short, no matter how much progress we ultimately make. And even if we were to have a massive democratic revolution and, you know, Bernie Sanders' wet dream being fulfilled and you know, becoming like Denmark or, you know, some other European country, um, at the end of the day, we would still find ourselves dissatisfied with whatever happened. You know, even in communist countries, it's not enough to have a one-party system uh, that, you know, ultimately dictates everything. They still are striving for yet more and more and more, and they never quite ever reach what they're trying to shoot at. They never quite hit their target. They're always just a little bit off. And again, I think this echoes back to it's this, this hunger, this void, this, this thing that we have on our heart um, that just is like, you know, I'm never quite satisfied. It's kind of like when you make money. You make money, and then you need to make more money, and then you need to make more money, and then no matter how much money you make, you're always still striving. You find yourself on this treadmill that you just can't get off, this hamster wheel that's constantly spinning that you never make enough. You could be a millionaire, and then all of a sudden you need to become a billionaire. You can be uh, a billionaire, and then you be need to become a multi-billionaire. And if you're even the richest man in the world, you know, you still end up yearning for more and never being satisfied. It reminds me of a quote from C.S. Lewis, which C.S. Lewis said, if we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And St. Augustine, Bishop of Hippo, once wrote back in the day that all of our hearts are not satisfied until they are ultimately satisfied in thee. I think ultimately whatever we find ourselves deeply longing for in this world, whether it's politics, relationships, money, family, um, career, uh, you know, athletic ability, um, you know, what, whatever it is, there's always something about us in our human condition that leaves us coming up empty-handed no matter how radically successful we are, no matter how radically fulfilled 
We are, no matter how much we get what we want, we always want more. And I think that just exposes that no matter what political system we are involved with, in our hearts, we're never going to be satisfied with whatever political system we are involved with. We're never going to be satisfied with our leaders, no matter how great our leaders are. Everybody's always, in at the end of the day, going to disappoint us. And I think because politicians are politicians, then we can be sure <laughs> there's going to be nobody that disappoints us more than a politician. Your mother won't, your father won't, your children won't. If, if you're looking for satisfaction in any sort of relationship, whether it's familial or political, uh, I promise you <laughs> there's going to be nothing more unsatisfying than the person you elect uh, for office. Because at the end of the day, we're ultimately going to be longing for something that comes from another world, something that will not satisfy us on this side of eternity. And so when I hear people talk about in political seasons, well, if so-and-so gets elected, I just want to move to another country after that election. Well, you know, there may be a legitimate reason for that. I'm not going to say that people should never migrate from their country, that they should never leave whatever their country is and go and find another. Uh, you know, there's definitely times in life where you may need to flee for your very life from the country of your origin and all that your family uh, ultimately uh, lives in. But, you know, thinking about this got me to thinking about the story of Abraham uh, and the in the Bible and uh, also Hebrews chapter 11, where it says about the story of Abraham, you know, remember how Abraham was called by God to leave his family uh, and Ur to take everything and leave um, town and to go to the country that God was going to show them uh, and that, that he was going to give them as an inheritance one day. Uh, it says in Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10 and 13 through 16, that by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was ultimately looking for the city which had foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were but strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of a country from which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So how do you feel ultimately about the upcoming election? How do you feel about the person you may or may not vote for at this upcoming election? What happens if the political candidate or candidates that you want or the political party that you want to win does not win and they lose? What sort of dread is going to come over your heart? What sort of thoughts are going to fill your mind? Are you going to feel hopeless? Are you going to feel like you just need to go somewhere else other than where you are and that you ultimately need to take up residence in another country and reside there and live out your days there? Well, you know, maybe you should do that. <laughs> maybe you should do that depending on what happens.
But you know, if you feel that way, that angst you feel, well, I think it's perhaps a little bit misguided and a little bit unhealthy that you're so tethered to the outcome of political systems and its influence over the way you think and feel in your life. I'm not going to say that politics never matters and that it couldn't be life and death scenarios and that there might not be a legitimate reason that you might need to flee a country um, because of the dangers of those of in political power. But with that said, I still can't help but feel that there's something instructive here from this passage in Hebrews 11, in which maybe, just maybe, we need to hold in our hearts and minds a little less tight of a feel on the outcome of politics when it comes to its impact on our lives and the hopes that we have associated with certain politicians and political figures. Because if we don't get what we want politically, and that just causes us nothing but heartache and dread and fear and makes us say some pretty ridiculous things and want to behave in pretty ridiculous ways, you know, maybe we need to check something in our heart and ask, what am I really longing for? And is the thing that I'm really longing for able to truly satisfy the longings of my heart? Because if anything I've learned in the 41 years that I've been in this country, that usually the deepest longings of our political hearts are never satisfied. And even if they are momentarily made gleefully happy over the outcome of certain decisions, there's always going to be something down the road that trips us up a bit and causes us to lose whatever hope that we ultimately had. And I think that even though, don't get me wrong, I think politics can be an important thing. It can impact whether or not people live or die um, and who those people are. Politics can matter. But I think we need to hold on to our hopes associated with this world a little bit more loosely. We need to ultimately realize that the longings of our heart isn't whether Joe Biden or Donald Trump get elected or whether Supreme Court justices are Republican or Democrat or whether certain laws get enacted or overturned. That should not be the ultimate longing of our hearts. Our longing of our hearts ultimately should not be these political things because if we ultimately long for them, we're always going to come up empty-handed and they're always going to pass through our hands like sand, just right through our fingertips. Instead, we need to focus on what this passage here talks about, how Abraham and his family, when they left the country that they were from to go to another, that they were ultimately looking for a city whose foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And we need to prepare to die without having received like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, so much as an inch of that which we long for. For we are ultimately looking for something that only God himself can satisfy and accomplish. And that we ultimately look for a heavenly city and ultimately look towards the place, a better country that only God can prepare for us. If we allow our hearts to long for that city, for the Jerusalem 
that comes from above, whose king is ultimately that of Jesus Christ. Let that be the longing of our hearts and the desire for the thing for which we ultimately want. Let us not have our hearts troubled and plagued by whether or not our political flavor of the month gets elected or doesn't get elected. Let our hearts and the longing thereof ultimately be found in that which only God himself can satisfy. Because you and I were not made to simply be satisfied with the things of this world, but we were, as C.S. Lewis said, if nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And that world is ultimately the world that only God himself can bring. Through his kingdom, through his reign, through ultimately Jesus Christ. So no matter who gets elected this this, uh, upcoming election season, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump, and no matter how you feel about that, or maybe it's going to be some surprise third party candidate, (laughs) ultimately at the end of the day, Look at where your heart is ultimately longing for. Because if it's truly fixated on the political outcomes of this country, I promise you, you're always going to come up empty-handed and full of disappointment and dread. But if you long for that which only God himself can provide, that which is eternal and that which comes from his hand, then you will always have hope. You will always have faith. And your heart will never be full of dread. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 194 of the jimmystable.com podcast. I want to move to another country after the election, episode 194. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more when more come out, Uh, You can go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe and find out your favorite way to subscribe, whether that's through Apple, Spotify, Google, um, or even old-fashioned newsletters. Um, For those of you who like an email notification for things, um, uh, those things still exist. I personally don't understand why anybody uses that, but somebody out there does. Um, But So if you want to get updates that way, you can. Uh, or if you want to leave your glowing five-star review um, and just tell everybody what a wonderful podcast this was and how Jimmy fulfilled all my hopes and aspirations for what a podcast could be and that this was the greatest podcast episode I've ever wanted to listen to and I know that if I come back next week, uh, I'm going to hear the next greatest one and you just want to tell everybody about it. Go to Apple, go to Spotify and leave your glowing five-star review And for those who have been following this podcast for a while um, and you've been wondering lately, hey, Jimmy, it's been a little while since we've heard from you. It's been early December and here we are in February. Um, I apologize for not, you know, keeping up as frequent as a podcast schedule this past year um, as I have normally where it's normally been a weekly podcast. I really do hope to get about round to making it weekly podcast again. Um, but I've really had a lot of going things going on in my personal life, uh, and I've been wonderfully distracted. Um, uh, so I've not been able to fulfill, uh, my desires to 
give weekly podcast content, at least podcast content that I know would be good and desirable and something that hopefully not only people would want to listen to, but that they would feel edified for having listened to it. Um, So I plan on hopefully, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, as we say down here in the South. Um, (laughs) uh, I hope that uh, you come back and listen, and I hope that uh, I can follow up in the next week or two, maybe three weeks. Uh, but whatever it is, I hope to get back to a more frequent podcast schedule one day. Um, but until then, I promise to hopefully just continue to put out good content as it occurs to me and as time permits. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. And if you have, like I said, subscribe, leave feedback. Or if you just want to converse with me, Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. And if you want to, you can reach out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, oh, I will say, like, Facebook has become, like, just a terrible place to try to reach out because, you know, Facebook's got algorithm issues. And Twitter has become, or Twitter, X. What am I thinking? X. No, I can never call it X. It will always be Twitter. Twitter has become kind of a dumping ground uh, for just a bunch of terrible stuff lately. So you probably won't see me very much on there. But anyway, you can reach out to me. However you want to reach out to me, those are the means. Feel free to do so. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless. Have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.